the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Before we get down to the brass tacks of currency, let's give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Max Williams. He is the $2 bill man. <laughs> he keeps cuckoo, saying that. Cuckoo, cuckoo, He was supposed there. to say it, to which I was just going to respond, cuckoo, cuckoo, but he didn't say it, so I had to say the whole thing. And I forgot to say he's our super producer. And, he, is uh, he is, he is. And I should say that because I made up the term super producer. But look, you're Noel Brown. I'm Ben Bolin. And we have both lived in a world with a bunch of coupons called dollars. Most of, the, most of our fellow ridiculous historians tuning in probably have touched less cash over the years, I want to say, Noel. Yeah, and less grass, too. Less grass? Yeah, so but you, they say to touch grass. It's important to touch grass. Uh, leave, leave your home. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, during the pandemic, right? A lot totally. of places no, no. went cashless. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know. When's the, when's the last time you interacted with a stack of U.S. dollars? You know, I don't know about a stack, but I, I am currently in possession of a $100 note. Ah, same, and same, you know what? actually. That just, it just goes in a drawer. Don't know what to do with it. It's basically useless to me. I like to take it out and look at it and hold it up to the light yeah. and see all the little uh, anti-counterfeiting measures. I like to light my cigars with it. That's what I'm going to use it for. You know, uh, for a long time, my girlfriend worked at a credit union, and she is one of the ways that I learned about 
$2 bills. Uh, it's strange because you don't often see a $2 bill in the wild. And this is something that also caught the attention of our research associate, Jeff. And uh, this is very close to Jeff. Uh, I think you went through some stuff where he was trying to figure out where the $2 bill came from and come to find fellow ridiculous historians, the $2 bill, the very first $2 note is a little more than a week older than the United States. America, you say? <laughs> oh, we do, yeah. right? It's like on June 25th, 1776, the Continental Congress authorized the creation of $2 denominations as quote unquote bills of credit for, you know, the coming war. Yeah. And like, you know, what, what's, what's a C note? Is that a hundo? I think a C note is a hundo. Uh, but they referred to these things as continentals. So a different kind of C note. Uh, a $2 bill, um, and again, named after the Continental Congress. Uh, in 1862, the federal government started printing paper money. And then this first, um, you know, experiment with currency, the $2 bill was included. It was really, I say experiment, only half joking. It really was something they were trying because at the time, coins were much more popular. The idea of, of, a, of a thing that was worth something, you know, because of the precious metals it contained. For all intents and purposes, like, a, like an IOU, right? Yeah, man. Also, if we consider at this time, $2 was a lot of money. To right. just be throwing around, which is probably the reason both of us have our current $100 bills that we take out <laughs> and admire. I, I mean, you know, uh, most people are not going to be spending $2. At a time? At a time in the <laughs> 1860s. This is where we this is where we want to shout out a great article from Mental Floss by Hannah Kaiser. Who notes, as you said, the $2 bill was first printed in 1862 as official U.S. currency instead of Continental Congress currency or whatever. U.S. Treasury started printing money in about 1861, and the $2 bill went through a couple of different iterations. I think uh, first it was Alexander Hamilton, and a few years after that it was, uh, it was Max's boy, Tommy J., TJ to his friends. Uh, now I believe his mug uh, graces the the ten. Yeah, and and I love the point you make about coins. Right, it can be a bit of an unexpected cold shower for many people in the U.S. to go to a country like Japan where coins are a big thing, or some European countries where coins are still a big thing. Paper money you don't automatically trust it, especially back in the 1800s. And here's the kicker. The $2 bill was not super popular. And it was actually considered bad luck. Yeah, there's actually a documentary about this uh, that I saw a while ago. I need to rewatch it though, but it's by a dude named John Bernardo. Um, and it is in a burst of creativity, as you would say, Ben, called the $2 bill documentary. <laughs> I think with a little bit of tongue planted firmly in cheek there. The reason it was unpopular was because like you said, Ben, $2 at once. Absurd. People were making less than 15 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. 
for their salaries. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, what, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm no math scientist here, but two dollars is quite a large uh, portion, but not an insignificant portion of that monthly salary. You know, to be spending that all at once would be the equivalent of making a massive purchase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, imagine just for an uh, improvised example, imagine you have a $100 bill and you go to grab food at a reasonable lunch counter. Now you are that person saying, oh, do you have change for 100 on my $5, you know, soup and sandwich? It's weird. And uh, we were all talking off air about this. There are a couple of reasons, aside from superstition, that the $2 bill was so unpopular. First, there's a lot of inflation going on. We have a $1 bill. Why can't we just have two $1 bills? Why do we totally. need one $2 bill? It's easier. It always, fe- <laughs> it always felt silly. If things are 50 cents, why can't I just pay with a one? Why do I have to flex on folks? And then another factor, it's unpopular because, especially during the Great Depression, people preferred coins. Uh, the New York Times even before the Great Depression, was talking some trash about this. They said gamblers especially considered the $2 bill to be unlucky. And I think we have a quote here. They have been avoided as ill-starred. I don't know that term, but yeah, that that was sort of the kicker. But uh, he who sits in the game of chance with a $2 bill in his pocket is thought to be saddled with a jinx. Uh, and then the, the bit about uh, being avoided as ill-starred. I guess that's like, yeah, referring to, you know, uh, astrology, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like there's like a bad bad moon rising kind of vibe. What? Yeah, it's like the, uh, it's like the idea of destiny. Prophecy. Yeah, right, that right. as well. Mm-hmm. And gangsters are, not gangsters, gamblers. Gamblers mm-hmm. and gangsters alike are big Believers, low-key and determinism. So (laughs) they believe in fate and destiny. And then, you know, there's also the political corruption. During the 1800s, you would frequently use $2 bills to bribe voters because it was the lowest amount of money that seemed like an unnecessarily large amount of money. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, By the way, $2 is about 14% of that $15 a month salary. I, I did some quick Google math there. Well, actually, 13.3 repeating of 15 bucks a month. So that's, I would I would say that's reason enough for this thing to be kind of uh, redundant, right? Or at the very least, just uh, too extravagant for the average human being. And this caused the denomination to not be particularly widely circulated. Yeah, and the Treasury Department was trying to do some PR stuff in the early 1900s, and it tried to do this for decades. It wasn't until the mid-1960s, 1966, that it gave up. And for a time, the U.S. stopped printing $2 bills because they, they read the room over more than a half a century. And they said, oh, I guess people don't want them. They said deuces to the deuce. Snag a job is where America goes to hire 
with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Noel, I love that you said deuce. That was the street name for the $2 bill for a long time. And deuce is also you know, a sideways name for infernal powers. The deuce, what, you the say? Deuce? Yes, what, the deuce? What, the devil? Exactly. Yeah, it's like dang to damn, right? You say deuce in the place of devil. A hundred percent. It's also, you know, a way that the cool kids say goodbye, you know, by throwing up a peace sign, the the, the deuces. You know, and this played another role in the uh, the Bills' uh, poor circulation because they were, like, vandalized a lot, which technically is what you call it when you mess with currency. Folks who would receive a $2 bill would tear off one corner, believing somehow that that would uh, reverse the curse or the jinx or, you know, the evil of the deuce. Um, so a lot of these were seen by, you know, treasury folks, I guess, or bankers perhaps, and taken out of circulation because they were considered what is called mutilated currency. That's a thing. Right. It's like all those people in Canada that were spocking their fivers. Remember that one? 
Yes, of course. And then again, in 1929, Great Depression, a lot of stuff is costing less than a dollar. You don't really have a reason to use a $2 bill. It isn't until 1975 when the Secretary of the Treasury, William E. Simon, says, we're bringing back the $2 bill because, this is so nuts, he says, because it costs 4.9 cents to print a $1 bill and a $2 bill, and therefore, long-term, it's cheaper to make a $2 bill. Just to clarify, um, I think I maybe even misspoke. Uh, it, they didn't stop printing it entirely until 1966. Correct. And then they come back like like New Coke, you know, hey, we're, what is old is now new again. Um, and to your point, yeah, it, it was sort of like a, a cost-saving measure. But doesn't that sound weird? Like, it's very weird. That's a weird, weird way to think about it, right? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why and why? I don't understand. How do they justify this. It's, why is it cheaper to make a $2 bill than to make a $1 bill? Because they both cost the same amount of money, but one represents more value than the uh, other. I see. But again, we we know logistically that it's just an odd denomination. You know, you just drop $2. What do we care? What does the consumer care, you know, about... I mean, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't make much sense. Let us not fret ourselves with the concerns of the common, say the Treasury Department. It's a a very good point, Ben. They're not exactly thinking, not exactly men of the people. So you're right, Ben. On April 13th, 1976, which was Thomas Jefferson's birthday, nice tie in there, you know. For this special drop of the two dollar bill, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so this was a redesigned note, I believe, right? Yeah, it was a new two dollar bill, the new Coke of currency, as you said. It's got a picture depicting the presentation of the Declaration of Independence to the Continental Congress on the back of the bill. Thomas Jefferson is all over it because they relaunch it on his birthday. And the idea was in the Treasury Department that reprinting this would increase the use of the bill and the interest in the $2 bill, but it had the absolute opposite effect. A lot of people Mm. in the United States were like, this is for gamblers and people at uh, houses of ill repute. (laughs) Pepperidge Farm remembers. Right, right, exactly, (laughs) just so. And so they said, we're going to take the, we're going to get these $2 bills, but we're not going to spend them. We're going to tuck them away. We're going to save them because this is such a bad idea that I could sell it on eBay later, they thought, before the invention of eBay. Right. Well, also, that's that was always my exposure to the $2 bill. I don't know about you, Ben. It sounds to me like uh, from our off-air conversations, you maybe came into uh, a little bit of a stack of them somewhere along the line. But I always just heard of heard them referred to kind of as these keepsakes and maybe in my my you know youthful brain i believe that they were of value uh, to, to some degree what's the deal with that like were they or were they just worth two dollars well i think they were most often spent as sort of a flex at least in my mm-hmm. time like the idea that people would go to a bank as they may do even today and request 
a withdrawal entirely in $2 bills. And then the most nuts thing about this is the United States still has a lot of $2 bills. If we go to the Cold War in the 1960s, uh, the U.S. and the Soviet Union super beefed up, as we like to say on the show, and they were thinking through what would happen if a nuclear war took place. They said, the devastation would be astronomical, but there would probably be survivors in the U.S. And the American government would need to put in a lot of plans to, dare I say, make America great again. But in a very yeah, different you didn't sense. Have to. Very you different didn't. sense. <laughs> very different uh, sense. But wouldn't apocalypse money be more efficient as like, you know, objects that don't burn? Fallout taught me bottle caps are the way to go. Bottle caps are good or like even, you know, coin, uh, perhaps seashells, you know. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm a little confused here. Uh, what, what What's the thinking here of like these being a, a somehow a valuable thing to have around in the event of a nuclear holocaust. Here's the twist. Uh, so Uncle Sam built a place called Mount Pony. And the Federation... sounds like a fun place. It, it, it sounds like a weird pun, but it, it, the Federation of right. Americans... Mount the Pony. Right. Yeah, I got it. Okay, the got it. Get back on the horse, you know? Uh, the Federation of American Scientists described this. It's a pretty expensive thing. It's a 400-foot-long bunker with steel-reinforced concrete that's a foot thick, and it <laughs> it's covered up. It's guarded. It's a vault. Mount Pony had a bunch of cash on hand. No one knows how much. Maybe $2 billion cash, maybe $5 billion. And the idea was that if there was a huge disaster, a nuclear war, this place would be a way to bring U.S. currency back to the forefront, and it was full of $2 bills. Were they stuffed into mattresses? They were stuffed into concrete bunkers, which okay. is like the Cold War equivalent of a mattress, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. I would just think at, at that point, I'd rather just have the bunker, you know, right. than the cash. Right. Like I appreciate, I appreciate it guys, but I, I could have just used some canned beans and the space. Uh, or, 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 or maybe a trip to that Oreo bunker. Remember that one? That oh, was yeah, yeah. one of the, one of the good bunkers. That's one of the good ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's way more fun than the seed bunker out there in uh what is that? Norway. That one's important though. That one, that one, that I would argue important. way more valuable than a bunker full of $2 bills. That's uh, true. As we, as we know, money is made up anyway. So it's like this idea of like, let's get the currency back in play. I think there are more <laughs> bigger fish to fry in this, uh, in this nuclear scenario that we're describing than let's get back to the $2 bill. Yeah. Let's maintain the security of uh us back fiat currency. Mm -hmm. uh, so speaking of which, you say fiat currency and I've always just been a little foggy on like, you know, we, I know there's no gold standard. I know that, sure. you know, cash money isn't technically backed by like some giant vault full of gold bricks. But what, so what does fiat currency mean? And like, where does the value of cash actually come from other than just uh, a wish and a promise from Uncle Sam? Well, let me give you Let's do two uh, optional 
definitions. Fiat currency generally is going to be any currency that is not backed by a physical commodity. So not tied to a gold standard, for instance. Uh, And I would argue this might not be something all our fellow ridiculous historians agree with me on, but I would argue that the U.S. currency, being the de facto reserve currency of the world, is backed by the uh, threat of the U.S. military. It's certainly a, a a kind of a loan sharky kind of way of uh, of enforcing you know the idea of value. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, oh, it'd be a shame if something happened to your uh, oops, knocked your vase off the table there. Ooh, <laughs> right. Butterfingers, you know the vase being your civilization. A hundred percent. Thank you. Yeah, yes, you got so, there with me. So this uh, this bunker Mount Pony, which is again a ridiculous name. It looks to be an exercise in almost catch-22 surrealism. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted the $2 bills, so they had to do something. And they said, we're preserving the world by making these $2 bills mean something in case of a nuclear war. (laughs) Now, Now it's nuts because if we look at the $2 bill today, there are so many out there, they still haven't caught on. I don't think they're super popular. When's the last time you saw one in the wild? And and to to my point earlier, just about like, I think how we both probably, all three of us probably grew up, you know, thinking about $2 bills, always just as this keepsake, you know, or some little kind of novelty, right? Um, But again, my idiot child brain kind of thought maybe it was like valuable, like it was worth more. What if it's worth $3? You know, even that would be insane. But no, it's not. uh, It's not like a buffalo nickel or, you know, even like other kind of more value, like slightly valuable uh, vintage coins, right? A $2 bill is still available. Like you said, you can get them at the bank if you ask. And, and there's a really great article uh, on WYTV.com uh, about the history of the $2 bill that points out that the lifespan of a $1 bill is only approximately 18 months, but a $2 bill lasts about six years because people don't spend them. Yeah, and hey, shout out to the older $1 bills. Whenever I see a $1 bill that is... Small guy, right? With yeah. Small, yeah. He's mm-hmm. older. I, I, I love him. I love him. I, uh, one of my family members, a uh, somewhat known sculptor, cre- uh, collected a lot of currency because he was a very, very weird dude. And I didn't recognize the history he was showing me with his... Again, very strange collection. And the $2 bill now uh, is still occasionally printed because, like you said, Noel, people will request it at banks. But also, there's not a big support structure for them. Like your average cash register doesn't have a slot for a $2 bill. What is it? Ones, fives, tens, twenties. Mm Mm-hmm. And the big the big bucks they go underneath Under. the cash register. Yeah. And that's probably where the two dollar bills go. But of course, two dollar bills have become a kind of social currency as much as a currency currency. Wow, that was a bad job because <laughs> I speak English, apparently not fluently. No, 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 you did great. You got there. That's all that matters. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. People tip $2 bills to be remembered, which is why they are popular in dancing halls, for instance, mm -hmm. or why they are mm -hmm. popular in uh, certain restaurants would be the diplomatic way to phrase it. 
Yeah, and speaking of being diplomatic, we did leave out uh, the fact that uh, uh, $2 was the going rate for a uh, a dalliance with a sex worker, let us just say, right. um, back in the early days of $2 bills. So they were sometimes referred to as uh, a pejorative for se- uh, sex worker uh, bill, right? Yeah. Or note, yeah. The, the double the W word. We don't say it because it's gross. It's gross. And also gamblers used to get paid their winnings entirely in $2 bills. So <laughs> there's a thing. There's this whole group of people, a whole community that wants to bring back the $2 bill. Uh, one blog about this is called Two Buckaroo. And I think we talked about this in the past. The we idea did. is that you save, like you can save the $2 bill and keep the U.S. Treasury printing it, not just by secreting them away, but by spending them actively. What's the name again for people that collect currency? Notophilist. Yeah, that that's that's a fun one. And then and then then there's the one for coins uh, that we talked about in a previous episode that neither one of us quite got right off mic. It's it's numismatist. 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 Yeah, I knew it was a g- silly, goofy word. Um, but that uh, two dollar bill documentary actually, which is available on on YouTube, and it's pretty um, great. It is pretty good, and it, and, it, and it does kind of go into some of the more, like, you know, niche sort of communities of folks that really take this stuff seriously. Uh, I don't think we mentioned that uh, U-2 fighter jet pilots uh, typically will carry a $2 bill on them, I guess, because, you know, there's a two in the name of their plane. Yeah, and we want to uh, close by shouting out our pal Matthew Zackled who uses about $7,002 bills per year entirely because he believes this will, quote, create meaningful interactions in otherwise mundane encounters. Uh, That seems like it is triggering a social hack of Mm. of, of some sort. And there are... I, I would say there are many more examples of the $2 bill as social currency. Like, it's not uncommon to see mentions of $2 bills in human interest stories. Throughout the 1980s, even to the present day, you know, uh, Noel, if we look at the news on $2 bills just now, just a, a little quick internet search, do we see anything interesting? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do, Ben. <laughs> it goes against pretty much everything I've been saying up to this point about $2 bills being like, you know, just uh, kind of run of the mill, uh-huh. not necessarily worth anything, not really collector's items. Now, not, a, not everything, but apparently yeah. there are some very specific $2 notes that are worth upwards of $4,500. It says here on uh, an article on MassachusettsLive.com, for most of their history, $2 notes have been unpopular, being viewed as unlucky, but there are these kind of pre-reissue, remember that reissue we were talking about, Um, where there are certain $2 bills that have a red seal, those that were printed before 1890 and then uncirculated. Those, if you see one, 
could be worth around $4,500. Uh, there are other $2 bills with this red seal um, that, that aren't quite reaching, you know, fetching those Yeah, but if they're the last prices. 30 years, they're still worth hundreds, yeah, right? Yeah, $300 to $2,500. Uh, there are some other types of seals, brown or blue, that are also worth several hundred. So um, disregard what I said. In general, most of them, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, that's the, 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 the kicker, is they're not rare, but they're not like common either. It's weird. But, but if you, that's, I think that's the most important part for us here. And for you listening at home, fellow ridiculous historians, no matter how much your $2 bill is actually worth, it's only worth $2 at the cash mm-hmm. register. So do take uh, do take caution. It is worth your time. You can check out places like the U.S. Currency Auctions website or USCA, which will give you a list of uh, exactly what Noel's talking about here. It's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like maybe that is part of the appeal when people are paying with a $2 bill. Maybe I'm secretly giving you thousands of dollars. I don't know. Yeah. Are people thinking that way? I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, but I will say I do think the idea of like laundering money through like really, really rare stamps or, you know, currency or coins or whatever is really interesting. I just wanted to, to give a film recommendation. I think we talked about this, but I've been on this kind of noir kick lately and watched a film called Charade starring uh, Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant. It's like a 60s kind of romance thriller noir kind of thing. And it involves a plot of, about uh, stealing a large amount of money and hiding it in an unusual place. That's all I'm going to say. That's perfect. And in this case, we're going to have to stop and count all of our $2 bills, uh, which... <laughs> One, a two. <laughs> right, right, right. Or two, four, six, eight. We want to give a special thanks to everybody uh, who helps this show exist. Uh, Mr. Max Williams, our super producer. Max, uh, what's your $2 bill experience? We didn't ask you today. Oh, I love them. They're the best. All right, so Max is sketchy. Uh, pro, pro <laughs> produce. Yeah. Max is produce. Uh, super producer, produce. Worth Max. it. Um, yeah, it wasn't really, but thank you. I appreciate the gesture. There is a guy though to uh, to continue with this uh, extended wrap up, um, who is pushing for uh, more uh, wide adoption of two dollar bills. It's just the guy who's actually it would make sense uh, who this guy is. He is, in fact, a curator at the American Numismatic Society, a guy by the name of Jesse Kraft, that he describes the $2 bill uh, very succinctly, uh, thusly. Um, there is a degree of popularity to them. There is a sense of excitement. But as far as putting them back into circulation, that's the key that's missing. And uh, he has a good about argument. About, he, he has a good argument about the uh, cost to the treasury. Again, it's still about half as expensive for the treasury to print a $2 bill than it is for other denominations. And now a $2 bill isn't like, you know, your mortgage, you know, or like, like, like a, what is it? A quarter of your, of your monthly income. So, you know, yeah, I'm all about it. But we haven't really talked about the fact that we did a little bit at the top. You know, cash is just becoming less and less popular. There are places that actively don't accept cash, unless you're in New York City, where people either only take cash or take no cash. 
Right, and most in most of the world still, cash in some version is king. So uh, I'm going to restart an ending and thank Mr. Max Williams. Max, I'm sorry I, scal- I called you sketchy. I just thought it was a fun bit. Do you, do you find yourself sketchy? Do you find yourself in a lot of $2 bill situations? I can neither confirm nor deny that. Classic I have Jefferson. seen you sketching in little notebooks from time to time. Mm, I have seen you counting in twos as well. Uh, so let's let's do our thank yous in twos. Thanks to Jonathan Strickland, <laughs> a.k.a. The Quister. Thanks to you, Noel Brown. Um, I guess collectively we would be a $3 bill. Yeah, I'll go with that. Hey, Wes, that's an idea. We should, uh, we should fill out a comment card and send it to the treasury. See if they'll see if they'll go with our idea. Three dollar bills. Why not? We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 